Welcome to the TCS Plus show. My name is Yaliwa Soko and I'll be your host today. And joining me in studio is Frank Sherlock. And Frank is the VP International of Coal Miner. Uh, Frank, just tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, Coal Miner, please. Well, good day, Yaliwa. Thank you for having me this morning. Uh, so Coal Miner, uh, people often ask me, you know, what do Coal Miner do? And you say, hey, we're a conversation analytics company, which really is pretty meaningless. What we really are is data company. Uh, what we do is all of the interactions that take place between organizations and their consumers or customers, whether they be on social or web chat or email or audio, they're, they're, they're just data. The problem is that it's unstructured data. Um, what we do basically is turn that unstructured data into structured data and provide that data analysis back to our clients mm -hmm. in a way that that data is suddenly actionable and insightful. So that's really what we do. We're, we're, we're a data company that take data in consumer interactions to help our, our customers improve their business. Mm -hmm. And so um, obviously that comes with a lot of responsibility, right? As um, a company that manages data and analyzes data, right? So how do you kind of ensure that um, the data is protected, um, looking at maybe a PII aspect of it? Yeah, that's a, it's, a, it's a great question because obviously well, these interactions could, could contain anything from, from card information, yes. you know, payment information to, to uh, personal identifiable information. Uh, as, a as a global company, you know, we are bound by, by data protection regulations, you know, things like uh, the uh, health protection regulations in, in the United States, different U.S. data regulations, GDPR in the EU, uh, Poppy in South Africa, other regulations in Australia. And it, it's really important that, you, that we have as a data processor, because that's really what our role is as a data processor. We don't own the data. We're not the, mm -hmm. we're not the data owner, but we are a processor of data that we process that data in accordance with all of the regulatory requirements uh, in whatever region that we operate. So a couple of things. Uh, we, we are fully ISO 27001 certified and we have a whole host of policies and processes right the way through from how we train our staff in the importance of, of, of information security and data protection through to the technical um, <clears throat> aspects of, of how we protect data and encryption at rest and everything else. Um, we also, as we take any interaction into, into our cloud service, we, we redact uh, information. So we have... Uh, PCI, payment card industry redaction, where, where we see two, two or more consecutive numbers. We redact uh, all of the numbers from both the audio copy that we have and from the transcripts that we produce from audio. And we have um, AI-driven PII, so where we see names, addresses, any health information, etc. So we redact all of that. So we don't we don't hold PII and payment card information within our systems. So it's a it's a huge topic, Ilawe, 
the whole issue of data protection, but with 450 customers globally across many verticals such as you know, finance, insurance, uh, energy, telecoms, you know, we are well versed in, in the obligations and we take them really seriously in terms of how we manage and protect consumer data. Thank you so much for that, Frank. And um, you've mentioned AI, but before I get to that, because it looks like AI is now becoming yeah. a big part of our daily lives. But before I get to that, um, maybe mm-hmm. it also looks like you do a lot of compliance, right? But uh, besides the yeah. compliance, what are some of the challenges uh, that you face in collecting and, and analyzing data? So, so in terms of collecting and analyzing data, um, there, there is a getting the data from web chats, email systems, uh, call recording systems, uh, from, from, from telecoms network, social media. It, the, the actual technicalities of getting, of getting the data aren't particularly challenging. There's always going to be some bumps in the road. There's always going to be some variances. But actually receiving the data in so we can analyze it is generally not not the biggest challenge for us. One of one of the one of the obstacles that that, that, that we see though is let's say you and I are on a call and we're you know I'm making a complaint about it. Let's say it's a delivery or something. Yeah, and you as the agent say back to me, "Don't worry, Mr. Sherlock." Uh, that will be uh, we've delivered a new a, a new package to you. It'll be with you in twenty four hours. Now, I might leave that call happy. You know, my problem's been resolved, and I mean, but but I don't get the parcel in twenty four hours, and the agent didn't reinitiate a, another delivery. So it's the ability to combine data with with what happened on the call, with what was the outcome. And 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 being able to to consolidate other other data sources that tell the true picture of the story, not just what happened on the call. So so that, that that's one of the the areas that we work really hard on in terms of you know we have a um, we use open uh, application programming interfaces APIs, mm-hmm. so we can take data from CRM systems or other systems and enhance the data that we had when the call took place with that data. And sometimes you know, the challenges may be around getting them external data sources consolidated and into, and into a platform such as ours. But, but yeah, the, the technicalities, you know, I think with, with the advent of, of, of open, open APIs, with the advent of cloud, uh, I think a lot of the challenges that we've seen historically are a lot more reduced these days. So um, thank you so much, Frank, uh, for that answer. So I heard you talking about AI and um, its importance in your collection of data. But before we get back to that, I'd like to know what are some of the challenges, apart from compliance, of course, that um, companies face in analyzing and collecting data? So... I think that the challenges of of collecting data are pretty much um, resolvable or resolved. You know that with the advent of open APIs and and cloud, the ability to extract audio, uh, metadata, uh, web chat, emails, etc., from various external systems and bring all that together in in one place. Uh, whilst it's it, it's never always easy. 
it's certainly resolvable. So, so, so the collection of data is is I think pretty uh, pretty mature these days. I think when it comes to the analysis of data, it from from my perspective, what happened on the call versus what happened post the call and the data that exists to say what happened post the call. An example would be if we were, um, you know, I was complaining about a delivery and you were to say, don't worry, Mr. Sherlock, we'll, we'll, we'll resend that delivery. You'll have it in 24 hours. I, I think, oh, okay, my problem resolved. 24 hours passes. I don't get my delivery. I'm an unhappy customer again. And the external, the data that, the that relates to the action that the agent took isn't part of the initial analysis that we did on the call to say, hey, you know, the problem was resolved. So it's the ability to to be able to combine data sources from disparate systems to actually get a truly holistic view of the customer journey and the customer outcome, which I still think can be challenging from time to time. You know, we've we've gone a long way down within our our solution to open up uh, APIs to external systems like CRM systems or point of sale systems, etc., so we can add in data from from these external systems to get that truly holistic picture. Uh, but that's still, you know, that probably is to me one of the one of the you know, the, the biggest challenges is making sure that that data is 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 consolidated and holistic. Absolutely. So um, just going back to my question, it's quite interesting that you're using AI, uh, maybe just for the sake of our listeners and our audience. Would you just explain a little bit in why AI is important for collecting and analyzing data, as well as um, you mentioned how, how you use it within your organization and how it will actually help improve um, their businesses? Yeah, so... so <laughs> We've been doing we've been doing uh, conversation analytics for for twenty years. So I, I think we were doing um, machine learning before the term was was actually invented. Um, yeah. So when it comes to to you know human conversations, no matter what the channel, that, that they are inherently complex. And in order to to be able to sort out the 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 relevant detail of, of a conversation for example you know when you express uh, a sentiment such as dissatisfaction that you may have 250 different ways of bit of saying that you're not happy it could be anything from saying i'm not happy to to a profanity when it comes to having um uh different call drivers and different products there's a huge amount of, of data that needs to be understood to get to the relevant data. So we use a, we use a AI in a, in a product that we have called uh, Illuminate, which which allows a, 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 an analysis to take place. Saying, well, when people talk about about product A, they are also talking about these other things. That the, it's it's. Uh, they don't understand instructions. They, 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 it's hard to set up. Uh, it doesn't work properly, and so it's using AI to actually tell you what what the context is around a particular topic. So we we do that 
as part of our our normal day-to-day business um so yeah we've been a i would like to say we were a pioneer of machine learning and we've we and we we've been using ai for for several years within the product you mentioned earlier Lawe, about about redaction we use we use ai to to do redaction you know because because there's many different aspects to things like PII, you know, that that, that, that that can be captured using AI and brought together and say, right, here in this conversation was the was the PII. This is the, the this is these are the things that we need to redact. Absolutely. Absolutely. Sense? It does make sense, a lot of sense. So um obviously data is a huge part of a lot of businesses, right? So maybe uh, hearing from you, Frank, what are some of the best practices for companies that are looking into making uh, data-driven uh, decisions? Uh, I, I guess I guess that we should first of all think about about that from from a perspective of of I think you need to have a data-driven culture first of all. Yeah, I think it's really important that the you know, I think I've already described. I think the obstacles in in, in analysing data are, are not necessarily technical. I do think that there are there are some some cultural um, uh, barriers, perhaps that need to be. So, and I, I think it starts at the top. You know, I think top managers need to set the expectations that decisions that are made for the business need to be data driven and set that example in the day to day practice and how they you know have meetings and say right what data are we going to discuss in the meetings etc they need to choose their metrics really carefully you know there's lots of things you can measure in data but but choose the metrics that matter most to the business to the use case to the strategy and track the quality of of those of those uh, measures over time because things will change People will change, products will change, processes will change, uh, and then finally, I think one of the most important things is to is perhaps to think about the boundary between the operations and the data science people within mm-hmm. organisations. One of the best practices I've seen is is where organisations second the data scientist into the operation for a while, so 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 they are familiar. With with the operational aspect of the data that they are they are using uh, within the within the data science group, so they'd be sort of I guess three things you know, it, it, but but it's not technical, it's cultural in terms of data. Absolutely, and then um, obviously em- employee experience is very important. So how important is uh, employee experience and um, CX? And obviously, the analysis and interaction of uh, data. Wow, that's a that, that that that's probably a topic for a, for for a, for a three hour podcast <laughs> that one. But, but 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 let me try and let me try and summarize it. I think it's it, okay. it, it's proven. Uh, there's many many papers and journals been written on this subject. That the a positive customer experience leads to better outcomes for the business. The link sometimes though that people people don't necessarily relate to is the part the employee plays in delivering that customer experience. Yeah. Highly effective and highly engaged employees will deliver 
a better customer experience with all things being equal the engaged employee delivers a better experience than the perhaps disengaged or, or neutral employee so how can you use data to help the employee yes do a better job feel better about themselves and we do this we do this regularly with, with, with all of our customers you, you may start off your larvae with with uh, an organization that, 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 that from a learning and development perspective uh, for the for the the people who are dealing with the consumers they may look at two three percent of their interactions and and manually assess them yeah and say hey you know you're good on this but would you want to be scored on two or three percent of your work yeah you, you, you'd, you'd want your whole your whole universe of work and what what analytics allows you to do is to look at things holistically to look at all of those calls and get really targeted and focused in what the what the development needs may be of the agent for example might say hey frank you know you 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 show great empathy when there's dissatisfaction uh you 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 strike up great rapport with your, with your customers but occasionally you tend to talk a little bit fast could you just slow down your delivery a bit and and you know that human beings are just you know we respond very positively where we feel we're being conceived we're being uh, treated consistently fairly objectively and holistically so, uh, and we are getting targeted and focused training i.e the company is investing in us as a, as a person we'll respond to that we'll be more motivated and we will deliver better customer experiences as a, as a result so so that's we spend a lot of time with our clients ensuring that the data that, that that is within these conversations isn't just measured from the the consumer side but it's also used to help the the agent or advisor to to perform better absolutely and um I, and also now it looks like ai still plays a very big role right because I've seen um, chat GPT is making waves everywhere. So maybe would you want to just speak a little bit about how important these technologies are? Yeah, I mean, as a, as a, as a data company, you know, we, uh, just as a company in general, you know, my, my core miner, we, we, we innovate on a regular basis. For example, we bring out probably... 10 new releases of our software a year so we're constantly we're, we're constantly innovating we're constantly tracking technological changes but but we won't just do it for doing its sake so if you think about about chat gpt it's about ensuring that that in in including that technology within our technology stack we're doing it in a way that is beneficial for our customers, our clients, um, and their end customers. So we have some some exciting developments to I can't talk about them on the on this call uh, later this year in relation to to okay. where we're doing chat. But but we're not going to take a blanket approach. I think you know what we see in the marketplace is there's a lot of noise ar- around around things like Chat GPT. It's almost like it's magic. Hey, it's magic. You don't need to have, you know, you don't need to have things like scalability and security 
and resilience. Uh, so, so it's about it's about doing it in a in a structured and ethical manner that brings benefits to to our clients. So, we're, we're doing it. Uh, you know, one of the things that we did uh, uh, last year was we looked at if you think about audio and you know you and I having this conversation was being transcribed and then analyzed. The transcription is really important, the transcription accuracy. So, you know, we partner with, with, with Microsoft. You know, Microsoft had a uh, have a, a huge amount of training, I guess, that they can have on their various language models because, you know, they're Microsoft and, they you know, people record Teams calls, etc. So we put uh, cognitive uh, speech-to-text recognition from Microsoft into, into our product. Which allowed us to to get higher levels of accuracy, which allowed us to get you know greater language coverage. Uh, but we didn't we didn't rush that decision. We did it in a way that was going to be beneficial to our customers, our business, and the end customers. So it's about constant innovation, and it's about doing the right thing at the right time for us when it comes to Chat GPT. I think I like the term constant innovation. I, I mean. Um... Technology is always evolving, so we need to keep up. Um, maybe let's talk about maybe the next big action and maybe real time, right? So we're talking about maybe enterprise-wide um, analytics and in real time. How how does this tie into what you're doing? So, so I think real time ties in really well to, the, to one of the previous questions about the employee uh, and employee experience. Don't just think about about providing really targeted and focused training, if you like, post po- post call or post interaction. How can you, mm-hmm. you know, agents these days are dealing with, with with you know complex calls because by its very nature, you know, we've seen the market shift in digital transformation and self service. When calls break out into the human assisted channel, they are going to be inherently complex by nature. That they just are because of, because. People have probably tried to do stuff on the website or the mobile app or, or you know, the IVR or whatever. They break out into human channels. Complex call. So how can you guide the agent in the moment, in the call, to help them deliver a better outcome? So you know, an example would be um, over here in the UK, you know, the, 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 there's a lot of regulations around vulnerable customers. And they could be vulnerable from a financial perspective. Uh, they could be a health perspective, or it could be they could be uh, a life event, or it could be they could be digitally vulnerable. They they just don't have the, the 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 means to access digital channels. And so there's obligations around that. Now, when, when an agent deals with vulnerable customers, that because let's say let's say you and me are having a conversation and and. You're trying to sell me something, you know, as the agent. You're focused on, on, on the sale. You're focused on, on the outcome. You may miss the pointer when it says, how are you today, Frank? Well, you know, I, I, I'm, I've just got out of hospital, but, but, but I'm well, thank you. You may miss the fact I've just got out of hospital as a trigger of, of vulnerability. So, But if you can in real time detect that trigger and then pop up onto the agent's screen, you know, vulnerability detected, uh, please, pl- please signpost the, the, you know, the appropriate next action. If you can pop up the 
onto the agent's screen using API, what they should do in relation to that vulnerability. You're helping the agent to navigate the call as it's actually happening, uh, and it's going to be a much more efficient call, and the agent's going to feel that the, co- that the company have invested in tools and techniques. So I see I'm a real fan, you know, of, of, of real-time. I think real-time analytics is 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 going to grow significantly uh, in the next two years. We've been doing it for about for about four or five years uh, within Core Miner, but but at the end of the day, when digital transformation's done, when 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 post call analytics is is more pervasive, the the next big thing is going to be real time uh, analytics, and it really will help to just provide that coaching and guidance to to an agent when a call has taken place without without human intervention. Absolutely. And uh, obviously, you've, you've touched a little bit on the, the channels that are used, right? Uh, obviously, with mm-hmm. multiple channels, it's, it's, it's very important to consider the user, um, the customer experience and the customer yeah. journey. Yes. So um, I'd like to hear a little bit more about how important it is to consider uh, the customer journey. Okay, so, so so let me let me just just reflect back on on, on something I said a few minutes ago. Now I, I spoke about yes. about digital transformation. You know, the pandemic I think necessitated uh, a drive to to you know people went at the you know, contact centers were closing. People went in the offices. It was hard to get hybrid working, uh, home home working, up up and running. So there was a push to digital transformation, to self service, to asynchronous non-human assisted channels yeah. and that was necessary however not all of them are are, are, are optimal not all of them are great and, and now we, we've, we've got a sense of normality now how how can you use the data it, it, it let people break out into human conversation when when they can't do something self-service or they've not got the cognitive skills to, to, to use the self-service channels, or they've not got the means or access to use the self-service channels. When a call breaks out into a self-service channel, you into human channels, sorry, generally speaking, what we find within the first 30 seconds of, of that conversation, whether it be web chat or, 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 um, or audio, the consumer will, will express that, I was trying to pay my bill on the mobile app. I was trying to do a balance transfer. I was trying to arrange a rescheduler delivery. The, the, the call driver, the reason for, for why that, that journey ended within a human-assisted channel will be, will, will be stated. If you can gather that information at scale and data and say, listen, you know, we have a problem with our self-service for um, for meter reading or bill payment, you can go back, use the data to go back and fix the self-service channel. And one of the wonderful things that, 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 that we have is the, is the capability to not just have omni-channel, but to have all of that together and, and, and have a customer journey and truly understand you know, what, it, what it was within the self-service channel that didn't work, that led to a 
that led to a human assisted breakout. So number one, it's important that you're able to analyze across all channels. Number two, it's important that you're able to bring them channels together to, 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 to map that customer journey. And number three, it's important that you get the data to go back and feed forward into the self-service channels to correct them if they're breaking down. That's correct. Actually, um, I'm a culprit. I think I, whenever I see self-service and there's, okay, do you want to speak to an agent? I automatically go to speak to an agent. I feel like it's more effective and, you know, I think more comforting to an extent because I'm speaking to another human. Mm-hmm. I feel like maybe self, self-service is cheating me a little bit, but th- that's just me. No, but no, I think, I, yeah, I, but, that's, but that's, that's important, Yolawi, because, 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 because that's your, that's your preference. Yeah. No, and another point of data is to be able to capture and then honor customer preferences, yeah? You know, if you prefer a human-assisted channel, yeah, why send you an email about about you know, the exactly. issue or your account? Why doesn't someone call you? So you capture that, you capture and honor customer preferences. And, you know, within, within um, phone conversations, for example, you know, maybe the organization should be saying to you, so Yolawe, what, what, what is your preference? Would you prefer us to contact you by email? Well, then you say, no, 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 I, I prefer you just to talk to me. That then becomes a Absolutely. preference and that preference can be honored. Um, I, I personally would always try to do stuff without talking to to, 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 to people, but, but that's my, <laughs> you know, my preference is to, is to, that's your preference. Is to use the 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 one thing I don't like to do is to use web chat because I find the asynchronous nature of web chat a little bit frustrating that 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 you you know you say the the agent might say hello it's Frank here uh, how can I help you and you say well I've got a problem with my broadband and it's quiet for sixty seconds and yeah and you, you, you it, it I find that frustrating yeah so web chat <laughs> because the agent chat. is looking for the answer on the spreadsheet <laughs> uh, they haven't got real time they haven't got real time conversion of course yeah of giving them the answer <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And um, just looking at that, how, how do I see, um, obviously, this data interactions uh, combined with other data sources that could maybe help, um, you know, large organization data scientist teams? Just how do I see that? So, so we do, we, we have a lot of large enterprises of our customers across multiple verticals. One thing about data scientists is they, they, love structured and tagged data yeah and and these interactions this conversation between you and i for example has touched on many many different topics it's not just hey you know what 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 was the purpose of the call it was a podcast was the call successful yes we've talked about lots and lots of other things yeah so when you're able to 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 provide a data science team with the data from these interactions that may contain information on on product intelligence, brand intelligence, uh, competitors. Uh, There may be stuff there around around efficiency, first call resolution, compliance. When you're able to, to, to give them all of that data and they combine that with other data sources, with their predictive analysis uh, engines, with their point of sale systems, with with CRM data, it's it provides a really rich source 
of data that is otherwise not available to them. And what we see in our in our customers that the data scientists love to get the data from these interactions because it's so rich and it's so informative. We do a lot of work with with data science teams. Five years ago, you know, we were very much, I guess, our our typical buyer or typical customer was within a contact center operations area. The shift I've seen in the last five years to 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 data science and data science teams being part of our key customer base has been huge. So um, no doubt in my mind, you'll have a that the, the data scientists, the data from conversations is hugely useful to data science teams. Thank you so much, Frank. This has been a very, very um, insightful discussion. And maybe is there anything that you'd like um, our audience and listeners out there to to get to know? Or is there, yeah, is there anything that you'd like to announce to them how they would reach um, you and Cominal or any other things like that? So, so, so I, I guess be, 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 before I do that, let me tell you a little practical story about about data. Yes, please. And, and, I like this, stories. This affected me personally, so, so and it just will, will, will perhaps enforce how you can think about this. So, a few weeks ago, my car insurance was due for renewal. Now, now with car, with car insurance in the UK, you have to be given a month before it's due to be renewed. You have to be given the new premium, the, the new price, the new premium, and what the old price was. It, it's a legal obligation. So, so I get this this this, this uh, email. But wow, my, my, my insurance has gone up one hundred and fifty pound. I've had no accidents. I haven't changed my car. I haven't changed my address. Well, that's a, that's a lot. I don't really want to change my. I don't want the hassle. I don't want to change my car insurance. But I think you know what. I'll ring them up and see if I can get, you know, a slightly better deal. So I ring the car insurance company and the guy, the, the really nice guy answers, and uh, he asked me what the purpose of the call was. I said, well, I've just got this renewal and um, it's expensive. And he said, do you mind if I ask how, how much it is? And I said, well, and I, give him, I give him the price. You know what his response was? I don't blame you for leaving no. us. Now, now, what he should have done, what the training said, was does does that the the competitor policy include uh, no claims discount protection? Does it include free legal cover? Does it include windscreen cover? Should, have I thought about combining my home and car insurance? So, so when you think about this happening at scale, you can say you you, you and using data. That person probably does that all of the time. There's probably a gap in the training. With analytics, absolutely. With analytics, you can see this. You can get to it and say, "Hey, you know that, that this is how you can do a better, a better cross sell, upsell. You know, get some competitive intelligence on pricing, get some intelligence on brand." Uh, but yeah, it was. Uh, it wasn't one of my customers, by the way. So otherwise, you know, we'd have that wouldn't have happened. In terms of getting some uh, additional Absolutely. data, from, uh, <laughs> in terms of getting some additional data on CoreMiner, please visit CoreMiner.com. Uh, within CoreMiner.com, you will find a tab to the Learning Center. The Learning Center can, uh, has a vast array of various 
assets, you know, white papers, ebooks, case studies uh, that people can feel free to download. Um, and there's also, you know, a contact us or ask for a demo. Um, so please, you know, I'd ask the audience if, they, if they're interested in finding out more, visit callminer.com and take it from there. Thank you so much, Frank. And um, you have been watching TCS Plus. My name is Yeliwa Soko, and I've been your host today. And our guest is Frank Sherlock, VP International at Co-Miner. Thank you so much, Frank, once again for joining me in studio. Thank you, Yeliwa.